You're listening to Fan Holes, a podcast for fans by the fans. Secret Brothers. I have clinical. You guys are like wasting my time right now. Hey, baby. What's <laughs> going on? This is my microphone voice. <laughs> Where do you buy those that? I need one. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I didn't invent honorable mentions, mister. <laughs> I have a headset. It looks way cool. You should all be jealous. I, uh, we are. I'm with Mike on that one. I'm a woman! <laughs> it is our show. It's called Fan Holes, not, you know, what you guys want. <laughs> <laughs> We do a podcast? What the fuck? I sent my son Kalel to Earth to escape our dying planet. I sent my son Thor to Earth to teach him a lesson in humility. Well, at least they get to listen to Fanhole's podcast. Didn't have that on Krypton. Ah, yes. The Pop Culture Podcast. Made for mortals by mortals. Asgard was bereft of it as well. Hey, so why did your son need to learn a lesson? That vain, greedy, cruel boy was making unnecessary war on our enemies all across the realms. What? You mean he was fought in round the worlds? There's no reason to punish the little ankle biter. I did not ask for your counsel on this matter, mortal. Nah, I'm not even real. I'm just a glorified automated calling service who lives in a crystal. You mean this whole time I've been conversing with some kind of artificial intelligence? What kind of black? Sorcery is this? Press star for more options. Oh, now you're just being a dick. Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting and stupendous episode of Fan Holes Podcast. Uh, Tonight, we will be talking about Thor, almost exclusively in honor of the release of the feature film Thor, The Dark World. Um, And so kind of like our Wolverine podcast, we're not doing kind of like an all Thor show, but we are focusing on two specific Thor type topics. Um, I guess the first thing is going to be a big showdown between uh, me and and I guess my fellow fan hole, Justin Barber. Um, we're going to be discussing uh, Thor versus Superman, the Man of Steel, and how we both kind of see that kind of battle going down. Um, it's going to be a knockout, dragout, vicious match where, uh, you know, Justin may bite off my ear and uh, uh, I may uh, uh, stub Justin's toe uh, <laughs> viciously with my high heels or whatever. Um, and I then- barely... And then, uh, and then uh, to to uh, cap off the uh, second half of the show, um, we're going to be just talking about a specific Thor comic book run. We're going to be talking about J. Michael Straczynski's Thor comic book run. Um, this kind of started back in the you know 2007, and of course it took a ginormous amount of time to actually finish his very limited run. Um, but uh, eventually, you know, around. 2009, 2010 or so, eventually it kind of petered out or wrapped up uh, with the events of Siege uh, kind of coming in and saying, you know, fuck whatever you were doing, we're doing something else, but uh, we're going to kind of discuss uh, his his run of the comics and, and kind of, you know, our opinions and, and kind of what we thought of it. You know, some of that uh, seemed to be very integral to the uh, movie approximation of Thor, so it might be interesting for listeners to um, hear about that. Um, I'm Derek, Derek WC. I'm your host for tonight. And uh, joining me are two of my fellow fan holes. Why don't you give a shout out, guys? Have at thee. It's Thunderwing. Zounds, I be the mighty Justin Grimlock. 
Surrender is thine only wise choice. I won't stop until you're just a greasy smear on my fist. Let's go. So uh, here in the merry realm of uh, Asgard podcasting, um, I guess we're, I mean, I don't know exactly how to facilitate this. I mean, we're just kind of, me and you are discussing Thor versus Superman, and Mike's going to say, you're wrong, or whatever on the side, or are we all just kind of going to discuss things, or should we just flat out say, like, obviously, like, I'm a Superman fanboy, so I, I kind of be on the side of Superman. And I know Justin's kind of defending Thor. I'm kind of curious where Mike falls on the whole matter. Yeah, me too. Batman would win. <laughs> what? You fool. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. Um, well, I guess like I'm kind of. I was kind of thinking about this, and I'm like, well, is is in JLA Avengers the only time they've actually fought? Uh, I te- think technically, so. I mean, the only other thing you can talk about are like some of those all-access books, but they don't actually really fight or whatever. I think they, like, at some point, it becomes, like, amalgamated, where it's, like, Electric, Kal-El, Thunder God, Thor, or something goofy. I can't remember what what happens in that. But, yeah, that's the only... I mean, you know, basically, kind of what I was going to do is maybe talk about times they they fought poser versions of themselves as well. Yeah, I thought about that. Yeah. Whether it's, like, you know, a pastiche, like, you know, Thor fighting Captain Marvel, or you want to, like, throw in, like, Gladiator, it's, like, they both kind of fought, like, versions of, like, each other, I guess, at various Yeah, over, over the years, yeah. you know, so it's, like, there's different characters like that, you know, whether you, you've got that, that action comics thing, thing where, where Superman spends, like, thousands of years in, in Asgard, you know, with Thor and Wonder Woman and fighting the good fight and all that kind of stuff, or you've got things like Gladiator and Hyperion or, you know, who, whoever, you know, Thor happens to be fighting with at the time. So you could you could sort of make arguments for those cases as well, I suppose. I, I, uh, yeah, I was just going to say, like, a, I, I always, like, I, I took their fight there as pretty, like, I guess, even-handed, pretty much, like, where, where you know, they Superman was able to KO him, but it, like, exhausted him, basically, oh. so, and, and I, I don't know, like, I guess a bunch, a bunch of, of factors, factors like, like, you know, would, would factor in, in cause that's, what, that's what factors do, <laughs> but, um, I guess, um, like, I guess with no prep time and with no, like, cheating, like, and no, like, you know, Superman, like, dipping himself in the sun or, right, like, right. Thor wearing wearing his, like, magic, like, strength enhancer belt or whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, that, that, this was funny. Like, I, I, I know when, like, fanboys get into the fights, it's like, it's like, well, what do you think about sun-dipped Superman versus Thor into the destroyer armor? You know, and it's like people just go ape shit over, like, different things like that, it seems like. Which yeah, like, I, I was going to go ahead and discount the Odin Force, you know, because, like, it's, it's too much. It's like, you know, sent at Superman, which, like, you know, just let them fight each other, like, as they are. It's like, no prep time, no armor, sun-dipping, or Odin Force. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I mean, I... Oh, I, I, I I can. I was gonna say. I can tell you this: if if Bruce Tim uh, wrote the fight, Thor would like crush Superman because like Bruce Tim Superman is like super weak against electricity. Yeah, but but Bruce Tim writing Thor, I bet. Like I bet they both like hit each other at the same time, and then they both like fall over in unison, going oh, like like stereo, because they're both like the the super powered guys of the team and then you'd have like Hawkeye and Batman walk up and be like look at these pussies uh, or whatever you know something like that <laughs> that's but exactly um that, that's how Bruce Tim would do it um I will admit that if it's animated Earth's Mightiest Heroes Thor versus Bruce Tim Superman then Bruce Tim Superman would lose because they made him into a big wuss um and I really do like the way um Earth's Mightiest uh, Heroes, Thor, was written. I mean, he was kind of that Superman role of the group, but any time they took him out of the picture, I thought they at least made a a much better effort. You know, I liked that it was like, you know, the Wrecking Crew, and they're all gamma irradiated, and there are four of them. You know, like, I'm like, well, at least that you, like, okay, this is obviously going to take up a lot of Thor's time, whereas if it was like Superman, it'd be something like, hey, look, it's an electric manhole cover and some dust, some space dust. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. The other thing I was going to bring up that I was, like, sad about, which is funny, because I think back in the old days, like, I, I would have made fun a lot of, uh, you know, Thor and the Avengers and stuff like that, because I, you know, I, I like 
pointing out that uh, in Earth X, you know, it's a revealed that Thor is a putty alien, you know, because he's just like, hey, bloop, 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 like the way Loki t- turns out, like where he's like that kind of generic, like, you know, I guess the same idea that they kind of propagate in the movies, like that it's not really magic, you know, it's like it's this advanced form of science and some other, you know, alien race or dimension, you know, but humans cannot perceive it, so we view it as magic or whatever, that kind of idea. And so, um, like, I I always kind of was like, oh, okay, well, Thor's just a putty alien. Do you know what I mean? So, like, in that sense, like, I always kind of, like, laughed about that because I was like, oh, it makes sense now, you know, like, you know, because it's like he's not really Thor. He's just some putty dude who thinks he's Thor. But I know, of course, a lot of people would, like, scream, like, that's not canon. And I know it's not canon, but, like, those are some of the things I always go to when I think of, like, fights between you know, like Thor and Superman or whatever, things like that. Because, you know, people want to bust out, like, the magic card. And I guess we should talk about that. I mean, it's only right to talk about, you know, because, yeah. you know, you people know. will say, like, Superman's vulnerable to magic, you know. And I'm like, I, I won't discount that. Like, I, I think that's true. I mean, you've got examples of, of Superman getting hurt by things that are magic-based, whether it's, like, werewolves or Skeletor or, you know, any anything like that. Um, but then, you know... The, there's another part of me that's kind of like, well, but like Dr. Strange is to me magic, but I always get pissed off when people bust out the magic card when they're, it's like they're trying to like reach for something where it's like, dude, Goku's power pole is magical. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, cause it's fruity looking. Like, I don't, you know, I like, I, I don't know. Like, like it's just stuff like that seems like a cheap shot where it's like, I mean, you know, what people used to do on like the message boards when they talked about stuff is like, kind of like what Mike's saying, like they, they bust out like sun dipped Superman or, you know, they bust out like, you know, really extreme variants of, of what certain feats were, you know, maybe it's like Thor in, you know, the uh, destroyer armor, you know, fighting a bunch of celestials or, you know, what have you, things like that. Um, But pretty much like to me, like the cheaper shots are things like, oh, well, you know, you could say like, you know, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like the lamest thing that's ever happened to like Superman besides like the manhole cover. You know what I mean? Just like in the comics or something like that, you know, but like you've got like magic based stuff. And depending on who's writing it, like if you go to like, say, you know, Kurt Busick's run on Superman, it's like, yeah, they acknowledge that magic is a weakness, but they also acknowledge that Superman's not a moron. And he goes and talks to Zatanna and figures out like how to prepare himself to, you know, like deal with magical threats and all that other kind of stuff and how the Phantom Stranger gives him like some kind of immunity. And if you're talking about like Thor's strength belt that, you know, gives him double power, you know, you could go back to like, I I don't know if you finished this or not, but in the, Mortal Kombat versus DC, like Superman's ending, is that he gets a belt from uh, Captain Marvel and Shazam that, like, protects him from magical-based attacks. You know what I mean? So it's like you've got, like, things that are, you know, quote-unquote, in play to, uh, to, you know, to address that weakness, but also, like, I, I guess just in general, like going back to the whole power pole example, I'm like, come on, dude, the power pole's not going to fucking hurt Superman. <laughs> like, I don't know. I always yeah. think that's kind of like a cheap <laughs> shot. It's kind of like, it, I guess uh, the best way for me to describe it is I don't mind. It's like magic can hurt Superman. Okay. But that doesn't mean that whatever magic exists is invulnerable to Superman. Like, Superman doesn't just, like, keel over if, like, Zatanna pulls out a pack of, you know, playing cards and does a magical card trick. <laughs> you know, it's not like, it's not like Zatanna does a magical card trick and Superman's like, oh, I'm so weak. <laughs> so he's like, you know? he's like the jack of hearts. <laughs> oh. Can't find the card in time. My x-ray vision doesn't work on your card trick because it's magic. It's like, dude, his x-ray vision works fine. Like, if he needed to incinerate the cards with his heat vision, they would be incinerated. And and I know, like, I'm making a joke and kind of making light of it, but, I mean, I, I honestly think that for, like, certain things. It's like, yeah, Skeletor can hurt Superman because he's magical, but it's like because his, his sword is... Uh, Know, imbued with qualities of magic or enchanted or what have you. And a lot of people are kind of like, well, Thor's hammer is enchanted, so Thor's hammer can hurt Superman. Okay, well, I give you that Thor's 
hammer could hurt Superman, but Thor's hammer also has been crushed into like a million pieces. You know, like Thor's hammer has been picked up by Storm, Captain America. Do you know what I mean? So like to me, I'm kind of like, and and even in more recent, like ridiculous cases, it's been picked up by Rolk. You know, so like to me, I'm kind of like, okay, well, I'll acknowledge that, uh, you know, Thor's hammer could hurt Superman, but I think people should also acknowledge that, you know, Thor's hammer could be destroyed by Superman if, you know, especially if it's like pre-crisis Superman or something like that. See, like yeah. I, I don't or at least like picked up by it. You know, I, I completely agree with you. It's like you read a lot of these, like whether it's like the old Wizard World stuff or like something on CBR. It's like people argue about this, and it's just like. Thor is magic, therefore he automatically beats Superman. And even me, I'm like, I mean, I like Superman. I'm not saying like he's a wuss or lame or anything, but it's like magic isn't like the automatic like one punch to Superman to beat him. It's just like it's just like everything Derek's saying. It's like he's vulnerable to it, but it doesn't like automatically like make him like ugh and kill over or anything. It's like Thor still has to like earn it. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think I think like a like good a good example of it is like in terms of like somebody magic based. I know it's a goofy story, but you know Skeletor like hits Superman with like his like power sword or something like that, and he goes flying. So yeah, he's hurt by Skeletor's magic. But then what he's saying in his thought bubble is, well, I'm still invulnerable. So when I crash through like five thousand mountains, like I'm still not going to be dead. You know what I mean? Like he's still invulnerable. Like it's just. You know, he's like, I'm still invulnerable to getting hit, smacked through all these mountains. It's, it's just the actual sword that, like, that, you, like you know, if, if, if like, Skeletor, like, stabbed him with the sword, like, five billion times or something, I suppose maybe that would actually, like, you know, wound Superman, Superman. or something like that. But the but thing is, like, he's like, so, so fast, you know, you like, know, I like, guess even in that, in that fight like, with um, Arion, you know, he kind of grabs all the rings and trinkets and everything at super speed you know he basically to me it's kind of like yeah maybe the eye of agamotto could hurt superman but there's nothing stopping superman from like taking it out of dr strange's hands at like super speed and crushing it like because just because superman's vulnerable to magic doesn't mean he can't like shatter an amulet or something you know but you know and then then i was thinking also about thor lately too because i i feel like i'm i'm more in leaning towards you know i i kind of like when thor makes a good showing on you know, shows like Avengers, uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. So I was kind of, I, I was going to ask Justin about this because, you know, I guess pulling back the veil, I just read um, Uncanny Avengers issue number six where they show the scene where, like, young Thor gets his ass kicked oh, by uh, Apocalypse. Yeah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, what? Like, so anyway, I was like, losing that. And I'm like, what? But anyway. <laughs> that, I don't know, like, I, I, I enjoyed that issue. Like, it didn't, like, make me grumpy or anything. I just kind of muted. It's like, I mean, this is another thing. It's like, I view it's like, you know, you can say Thor's a god or he's a putty alien or whatever, but it's like he he has, like, you know, thousands of years of battle experience. So it's like, I don't really, it doesn't make me grumpy that, like, a young Thor, even before he had his hammer, like, got beat down by Apocalypse. But it's like, at the end of the issue, he, he ends up, like, you know, giving a little help from Loki, like basically, like you know, serving you know some uh, revenge, like basically slicing. Well, not slicing when half, but like he does a lot of damage he, to Loki. Yeah, he, his he axe. breaks his his armor or whatever. Yeah. So he gets his his, his, his revenge, <laughs> and then Odin's like, "You vain, gruel, greedy boy." <laughs> Um, yeah. I, I haven't read the issue, but like I, I don't know. Like I, I, well, I, I guess I've never seen Apocalypse as having like you know Hulk level strength. Maybe like I, because I, I see like I know, I, I know I remember issues of like Cable where Cable would like fist fight with Apocalypse. Yeah, like, like well, that, that's the thing that like cause since I think a lot of those X comics are so ill defined. Like I, I suppose the only thing I could point to is I'm kind of like well you know Apocalypse did. It, enthrall Hulk, you know, and, and make him his his, uh, his horseman when he gave him that War Hulk armor. So, I mean, in that sense, it's like th- there, there was the kind of insinuation that if the whole Hulk tried to fight Apocalypse, it would actually be some kind of throwdown, you know, like thing. But then at the same time, you're like, come on, it's Apocalypse. Like, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm making too light of it. I guess I guess they try to play up the idea that he's 
he's a mutant who's associated with the Celestials, and I think for some people it's just like Celestials are like the equivalent of, you know, they're, they're cosmic Marvel deities, so for some reason that elevates Apocalypse a lot in their eyes, probably. I mean, yeah. So, but, um, I don't know, like, what what else, I mean, like, I, okay, I, I guess I can get vindictive so, so Justin can, like, come back with something, like, really nasty for Superman, but, okay, like, here's my simple explanation of why Superman wins in a fight using, like, shitty comic book logic. logic. So, my shitty comic book logic is this, Superman and DC versus Marvel one-punched Juggernaut. And Juggernaut gives Thor a heap of trouble in uh, in in all appearances that they ever fight in. So thus, Superman can one punch Thor. And then now you can get angry with me and disagree. I I would like throw back at you like maybe it doesn't count or it's lame because it was voted on. But like the Thor versus Captain Marvel thing, like you know you can say like well Thor just won because it was voting, but it's like. That version of Thor was like kind of. I thought I thought it was only. I think it's only the last five fights. So I think the writers decided that one, right? Yeah, I thought I thought so. so. I thought I thought it was only the five fights. Like it was like Superman versus Hulk, Cap versus Batman, Storm versus Wonder Woman, uh, Spider Man versus Superboy, and then Wolverine versus Lobo. I think those were all voted on, but I think the rest of them were just written. That's why. That's why Peter David, David, who was writing that, had Aquaman lose, because he was the Aquaman writer writer at the time. You mean Aquaman win? Yeah, yeah. You said lose. Oh, did I say lose? I'm sorry. Aquaman won the fight against Namor, is what what I meant to say. I'm I'm so upset that I know what I'm saying. He had a very lame victory. Like, that always bothered me. It's like... What, what, you don't like the super Shamu, uh, uh, freaking super move? Like, why doesn't that... like, Why isn't I, that in, injustice, dude? <laughs> I, want, I want the Shamu falling out of the sky move in injustice. I mean, I love both characters. I love Aquaman and, and Namor, so I'm like, I don't know who to root for when I like when I was reading that. But it's like he drops like a killer whale on Namor, and that's what stops him. And I read that, and I was like, what? Like, if you dropped a, like an orca on Namor, like he would just bust through it like it was nothing. Like that's so lame. Like, <laughs> well, it's probably like as lame as the the you know uh, bar fight behind the. The, the, yeah, yeah. The, you know, for Wolverine and Lobo or whatever. I I just assume like the the whale like farted in Namor's face and like knocked him out <laughs> while it was sitting on him or something. Nice. But uh, but anyway, it's like that that battle like Thor versus Captain Marvel like during that time like Thor was kind of like I'm not gonna say severely depowered, but like he was like having issues with his power. It's like the reason his hammer was on a chain was because he couldn't throw it. And get it to come back to him, and he still beat Captain Marvel, and Captain Marvel like gives Superman a lot of trouble from time to time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no, no, that's, that's, back that's, to you. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, and doing the if A equals B, thus yeah. B beats C type crazy logic or whatever. Um, what about like uh, like like if somebody was to say like I mean I, mean, I, I know no, the Thor fanboys like pointing out how he goes up against Celestials all the time or, or he's he's encountered Galactus or you know Ego the Living Planet or whatever but like if I were to you know pump up guys like you know the well Superman like is fighting with like the Anti Monitor or you know he's uh, you know beating the shit out of Chemo or you know just big level huge Herculean kind of massive Godzilla sized type bad guys i mean like, do, do you think that's a basis of comparison too or well, or, or yeah. would you yeah no like i think it's interesting it's like how would you compare like the anti-monitor to a celestial like would they be equal or it's like personally like i think the anti-monitor would be like more powerful than like one celestial like i don't know yeah, how yeah, you yeah, think yeah. about that but like no 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 I, I i would agree with that like i mean i guess i, I don't know if i'm biased or whatever, whatever but like like certain Certain characters, I always think, are, are more powerful, you know, in DC than they are in Marvel. I mean, they're usually written that way, you know. I mean, as far as the anti-monitor goes, I mean. But, I mean, you, you, but then again, you know, I mean, certain things, things like, like, it reminds me of, like, like her style of writing where Darkseid just kind of stands around with his hands behind his back the whole time. But if, but if he is kind of let loose, then it'd be, like, some serious shit. And the Celestials seem that way to me as well, where it's like most times they're just kind of standing there inert, and then it's like the minute they open their eyelids, everybody's like, <gasps> you know, and they're freaking out and stuff, you know, so. 
What about the whole, uh, do, do we want to talk about, like, pastiche type stuff? Like, like you know, how, you know, Gladiator beats up Thor in the Dan Jurgens run, thus Superman should be able to do it easy peasy. <laughs> how, how Thor Girl has to come in and save Thor from, uh, from Gladiator or whatever. I, I think that's how it goes, unless I'm mistaken. I haven't looked at it in a while. The sentry kind of tossed Thor around, too. Yeah, but Thor ended up killing him anyway. Yeah, that's true. See, so you know, you got different things. I, I like forgot that. about Sentry actually, like as as I should, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, how how about this? This is the, this is the cheapest Thor shot I can think of, um, because it's, it was always brought up on the old uh, Wizard World showdown boards, and and I actually pulled it up in front of me here just to look at it to laugh because because um, I think it's funny. Um, is uh, in in Black Panther uh, number eight during the Christopher Priest run. Uh, there's an issue where the Avengers guest star, and uh, kind of like Wolverine in X2, when he just gets shot in the head and gets laid out for like five minutes or whatever, and like goes to sleep and then wakes up a little while later. There's an exact same scene where there's a sniper, and I think Thor like stands in the way of the bullet, and he actually gets like hit right in the fucking head, and he he gets knocked the fuck out um, by a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and I know, I know, I know. Most people were like, "That's lame" or whatever. I think, I think the basic concept was kind of like that confusing thing of Wonder Woman have have bulletproof bracelets, but you're like, "What happens if a bullet like hurts Wonder Woman in the thigh?" And it's like, "Well, does she bleed? Like, does she not bleed?" You know, obviously, most people would be like, "No, dude, she's Wonder Woman; she won't bleed." Then you're kind of like, "Well, what the fuck does she need the bracelet for?" You know, like like those kind of things, like where it's like. You know, basically, I think the idea was if Thor was swinging his hammer around, he could have deflected the bullets. But yet, he just stood there, and he actually gets shot in the head. And it doesn't kill him, obviously, but it, that, I mean, that, that's basically the lowest blow I can think of, like, in terms of, like, quote-unquote canon comic books that, you know, like, if you're going to go for the below-the-belt thing. Whereas, like, with Superman, you can do the magic thing where, like, you know, where, you know, I, I can think of stuff like where, you know, in in a lot of those uh, Ostrander, you know, Batman, Superman things where they fight werewolves, you know, like werewolves cut Superman's skin and, you know, uh, you know, Skeletor obviously like slices his his chest, you know, his, his cape open or I, I forget how it goes. It's like his, you know, like, you know, I think when he first meets Skeletor, he's basically he gets cut by Skeletor and he gets mind controlled by Skeletor. You know, so Superman's basically like flying around with thought bubbles going, I don't want to pummel He-Man, but this <laughs> guy keeps telling me to do it, you know, or whatever. So, you know, there's there's those kind of things, too. But, <laughs> but, but I guess you can't use the DC versus Marvel, like, that's not canon excuse. You could just argue that, like, you know, Christopher Priest is lame or something, which I don't think he is, but, I mean, I'm, some people probably do. I don't know. And Skeletor is probably like, and after you defeat He-Man, you can go beat up Prince Adam too. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Prince Adam looked kind of normal in that, like because it was a DC comic book before the cartoon ever came out, so he doesn't have like pink or anything. So you know, he I think he just has like a blue shirt, and you know, of course he looks just like He-Man, but still. You, you don't have anything to say about Thor getting shot in the head with a bullet, Justin? <laughs> I, I just feel like. Anybody who can like withstand like punches from the Hulk or destroy your armor or like even like blasts from like a shield like laser pistol like right right should be should the be bullets bullet. should be I don't know like I would like petition to throw that out for being lame or something yeah, yeah, yeah. no 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 that's fine that's fine I'm I'm just trying to throw out things like that I think of when people people say stuff, you know, like, cause it's like, I know there's, there's plenty of people that are like, you know, like you, you could say like, you know, I, I think a good example of uh, Superman getting pwned is um, in the, the Morrison JLA run where like Superman uses his magic, you know, knockout punch or whatever that, uh, you know, lays Superman out. I think it's like number 29 or whatever. So like, there's things like that where you could say like, oh. look, he got one punched by Captain Marvel. So I, I guess like the, Something I know you already have like a you know argument for this, but it's like the lamest thing I can think of like right now would be like Venom owning Superman. There like, you go. See, yeah. no, no, no. That's good. That's good to bust out though, at least because like if Venom pones 
Superman, like Thor should be able to handle him no sweat. So that's no, no, no that's fair. And then if anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, uh, that's from All Access, uh, which is like a DC Marvel crossover. And so this was, um, see, this is my my backpedal Superman fanboy explanation for why that even happened. But uh, supposedly, like if you look at the way Superman's dressed, he's kind of got the long, uh, you know, what do you call it? The the the, you know. Uh, what the hell do they, do they call that haircut again? I don't know what, but the mullet, the mullet yeah, the, the, super, the super, super mullet, mullet, right? So he's got he's got the super mullet going, and and uh, this was done right around uh, when the final night crossover came out. So the the Superman fanboys stock explanation of why Venom is giving Superman so much trouble, like literally, like Superman's like, oh help me, and he's like got all this fucking goo on his face, and he's like ah. Um, is that, uh, you know, it was just after final night, so the sun had been blocked out for, like, a month or something like that. So I, I, just, I guess the idea is, is his solar, solar cells were so drained that Venom actually gave him a hard time. Um, but, you know, like, again, again, like most stuff we're talking about, we're like, we will rule that out for being lame, you know, or whatever. Like, so. But, uh, yeah, but that's a good one. I like that one. See, like, I mean, that's a good, it's a good it's like below a the belt. Yeah. I mean, I, I like Superman, but, like, even when I read that, I was like, what? That's so lame. There's, like, there's no way Venom could, like, ever give Superman a problem. Like, Superman it's could funny because like, that, that was, like, super fan aura, too. Like, you're like, oh, wait, he's got, like, heat vision, and Venom's weakness is heat vision, like, pretty much, you know? it's kind of like, Or even just, like, a clap or something yeah, of his yeah, hands. Yeah. That would probably, like... Venom would know. be like, no, we are lame! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I like I love when when someone's weakness is like pushed to extremes like you know like sort of like you were saying with Superman cuz I remember like some of those like terrible like Howard Mackey issues of Spider-Man where he beats Venom with like a lighter <laughs> <laughs> where he just like waves a lighter in front of Venom and Venom's like no fire a one weakness That's uh yeah the Howard Mackey run like that there's a shining example of like some of the worst uh that that like that's all like post like chapter one stuff right like that stuff yeah, is so yeah. terrible like that was that was kind of like the whole uh, um, uh, you stub my toe thing with Venom came from that because I remember there's that goofy issue where it's just like his wife gets like hurt in a building or something and then like Spider Man happens to be swinging by and then Eddie Brock's like you you did this it's like like really. Like, seriously, like, he didn't do anything, dude. Like, you are so freaking leaping to conclusions, it's not even funny. But um, uh, I'm, I'm, like, trying to think of, like, other stuff that, that I wanted to talk about with uh, with Thor and Superman. Uh, I, I have, like, a fun, like, side battle, like, I would like okay. to throw at you. Yeah, yeah. Like, what about Crypto versus Thor's goats, Tooth Nasher and Tooth Grinder? <laughs> Ah, awesome. I don't know, dude. Like 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 they're they're the Tooth Nasher and Tooth Grinder are, are much more bigger than, than than Crypto is. Um but then Crypto's got like all kinds of powers and stuff, so I don't know. That's tough. What about what about the Warriors three versus Perry White, Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen? <laughs> Jimmy Olsen like takes a, a photo real quick and the flash and the flashbulb blinds Volstag and he flails around, around. And knocks all the Warriors three on their asses, yeah. and then <laughs> Lois Lane and Perry White and Jimmy Olsen win. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. They, the the Warriors three are cool. Like that, yeah, yeah. I, I think they would just like talk it out, and then they'd be like, oh, "Now let's go eat." Think, hey, uh, where's Jimmy? Think, where's Jimmy? Um, and then like it would it would cut over to Volstag, and he just burp, and like a bow tie would fall out. <laughs> I think. I think. Uh, I think. Uh, Vandrill would try to uh, mack on Lois Lane, and uh, and 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 yeah, and then Perry White would like yell or something, and Volstag would like leave after leaving Jimmy's bow tie. What about? Oh, I, I got a good one. What about Odin versus Jarrell? Uh, I I'd probably give that one to uh, Odin for sure because everybody <laughs> yeah. everybody talks of Odin and the Odin Force and uh, Odin Sleep and the Odin this and that. Like Odin's pretty. I mean, that's part of the thing was, uh, I I guess, which is, like, fair enough where we're saying, like, okay, standardized Superman, standardized Thor, you know, no power-ups. It's like a lot of the times when Odin dies, which he does invariably a lot because there's, like, Ragnarok every other week, um, you know, Thor 
usually gets imbued with the Odin Force, which again makes him a lot more powerful than w- what would be your your standardized, uh, you know, Thor type fight. And stuff. Okay, okay. What about what about this then? What about Marlon Brando versus Anthony Hopkins? Wow. Ooh, that's <laughs> tough. That's, that's tough. That's good. That's I, I don't know what to say to that. Um, I, I I'm I, going to I'm going to eat you, Tony. You know. Bang! Cruel, greedy Marlin. No, I don't know. <laughs> He's like, yeah, he'd be like, you know, make sure you have me with a nice, with a nice Chianti and some fava beans. I think, I think that's the showdown: Marlin versus, um, versus Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins likes Captain Marvel. Apparently, I read it in an interview for Thor, so that makes him super cool in my book. So, I may, I may have to give the edge to Anthony Hopkins. Was a fool to think you were ready, Father. Hey! I mean, do I mean you know? I I guess it's pretty obvious. I mean, you know, in Avengers versus JLA, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, they they both have a good go at each other, and Superman turns the dial up to eleven and punches Thor out, and then everybody else gang rapes Superman and takes his wallet later. <laughs> you know? Yeah. What, what do you think of the whole like in terms of like I guess uh, you know another thing Superman fanboys are quick to point out which is uh you know in that action comic story where he's he's fighting you know uh in Asgard for like thousands of years or whatever you know and and kind of is uh trying not to hook up with Wonder Woman or whatever you know he actually wields uh Millioner you know in in that universe you know it's not Marvel's Thor but in that universe I mean he straight up just it, you know, he becomes the owner of the hammer and, and you know, continues the good fight after Thor dies. So, like, a lot of people before Avengers vs. JLA came out would just kind of be like, dude, like, Superman's worthy enough to hold his hammer. I mean, to me, I, I used to be like, dude, if Storm's worthy to hold the hammer, then Superman's worthy to hold the hammer. You know, but I know in the context of JLA versus Avengers, you know, it's like he was worthy to hold the hammer for a limited time only guarantee and then they threw in the, the fanboy bit to all the uh, for all the Thor Marvel people that look oh he can't lift it now because they're not in crisis or whatever you know because now he's apparently not worthy or something which is probably well, you you could like backwards like go like use that as a backwards point to say that like every other time that happened that was the case. Oh, okay. okay. So, in other words, like as a backwards point, that helps. It's not like Superman. It's it's the hammer. It's the hammer. Basically. So thus, thus, yeah. like you know, when when Storm lifts it up for that whole annual, that was the one time only thing. And if she tried to lift it now, they'd be like, "Bitch, you slept with Black Panther. You're not worthy." <laughs> you know, like or whatever, like things like that. Like, is that kind of what you're? Yeah, saying? something like. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like that explanation. That's good. Well, I'm ready to move. All on. right, all right. So, so I guess we. Kind of Mike, rambled about that, Mike. As our uh, referee, like, do you have any like decisions or like anything you would want to throw in on this too? Not, not really. Like, I, like Derek said, I think like JLA versus like Avengers is probably like the best and like fairest, uh, like version, like decision on how a fight between them would go down, basically. So, cool. All right, we will do. <laughs> Boo. Hey, you know, if uh, if uh, Thor girl didn't have to come save uh, Thor from Gladiator, we wouldn't be having this conversation. So, well, I should point out, like, even like I know, like, in, I haven't read Siege since it came out, but I remember that, like, you know, well, Thor got thrown around by the Sentry, and then it took like the UFOs and Moonstone and a bunch of those other guys to like shoot him until he was unconscious. So, yeah. So he's durable. No, I, I, I think, uh, you know, I like I like that he's the man, like Thor is the man in a lot of cool situations. I, I thought it was weird, like now, speaking of like uh, current Avengers books, when uh, him and, and Hyperion were like hanging out in uh, the Savage Land and Thor's like, mead, mead is awesome. And Hyperion's like, I don't drink. And it's like, more for me. And I, <laughs> I thought that kind of illustrated the differences, at least in personality between between the two characters, so if you're if you're all about the mead, then Thor will be your winner, and uh, mm-hmm. and if you're into uh, not drinking and driving, you know Superman will be your guy. This drink, I like it. I know that's great, right? Another. So with that, we will uh, move on, I guess, to the JMS uh, J. Michael Straczynski of but, Babylon Five uh, and Superman, Sir Walks a Lot. 
Um, <laughs> we're going to move on to his Mighty Thor run. Um, this was an, yet another sort of Marvel restart where they restarted from number one. But seeing as how Thor hadn't been published for, for God, how uh, how long was when did this assembly um, come out? It was like two thousand, I think. Okay. It'd be like yeah, it was dead 2004 like, or 2003, maybe? I know he was dead for three years, at least. Yeah, like, it was at least three years. Like, Thor was Thor. literally, like, I, just, I don't know what, like, Marvel looked down yeah, on Thor or something or whatever. Like, they basically retired Thor, you know? He was retired for, like, three good years. And uh, this was his big comeback. I mean, I, you know, even, I, I, I read Thor wipe that regularly, but I was kind of excited to see, you know, how this was going to turn out, and this was a run that I read uh, from month to month, so I was uh, I was pretty excited about it, and, you know, for the most part, I mean, it is J. Michael Straczynski, so he does get quite preachy, um, but, you know, in between all that, you know, there's, there's a lot of good, you know, kind of, you know, interesting ideas and super heroics and machinations and, and all that other kind of stuff throughout his run. So, I mean, it, it definitely was entertaining. Um, I don't know, Justin, was was it worth the wait? Do you want to talk about the, all the delays and all that other stuff? <laughs> um, yeah, like, I, I liked it. I mean, you know, like Derek pointed out, there were several, like, three, four-month delays between issues. Like, I remember going to the comic book store and being like, where's my Thor? Did it sell out already? Like, you know, what, what's going on? And they're like, no, it's late. Oh, it's late again. Uh, we don't know. Maybe next month. Maybe next month. Like, that that was really irritating because, like, some of, like, the issues that... I mean, overall, like, I enjoyed the run, but it felt like some of the issues just kind of, like, dragged things out. Like, it was slightly, you know... Decompressed, but like not yeah, like yeah. been just decompressed. So I was like, man, this is kind of frustrating. But um, I liked it. I mean, I'm a big JMS fanboy. As far as like Babylon Five goes, it's like his comic record is kind of spotty. You know, I think me and Derek both love the Superman walks, and also like the Superman Earth One. Those two, like I think those are terrible. Um, but I really liked the his run on Superman or shit. I really, I really like the <laughs> Thor. <laughs> um, Freudian. There, Freudian like, yeah, there was a there was a lot of um, good moments in that. Like, uh, I guess like the first one that sticks out to me is like his battle with Iron Man, and this is like coming off the the heels of like Thor finding out about you know Tony and Reed, you know, basically cloned him and used him yeah, as a weapon. Yeah. In the Civil War, and Thor was pissed. So I'm like, man, this is gonna be great. And it, like, it was a really good battle. And like, at the end, you know, you you think, well, maybe they'll work things out. You know, they they've been friends, colleagues, and everything in between, like on the Avengers. And then he just basically he rips Iron Man's armor off of him, and he leaves Tony like stranded out in the middle of nowhere. And you're like, man, like, okay, Thor's pissed. And then the other issue that I really like is the one where um, he's dealing with like the anniversary of Captain America's death, and he's basically talking... That, that's that's the one where he talks to the Space Phantom? Yeah, he, he's basically <laughs> talking to, like, this, I guess, the spirit of Captain America, even though, like, it doesn't really line up with Cap Reborn, because yeah, he's, yeah. like, traveling through time or whatever, but it's, like, like, on its own, like, that's a really great issue. Like, I really like that issue, and it's just, like, you know, he, like, basically has, like, the whole world go dark as, like, a tribute or yeah, a nice his fallen comrade Cap. So like we, don't, I, we don't have to listen to all the, uh, the the talking heads on the news talk about whatever yeah. their take is on the whole matter. Yeah, that's that's good. I I liked I liked the idea because I think uh, like I have a good friend who comes from Oklahoma, and then my my grandpa, you know, uh, is uh, you know part Chickasaw, and he ended up living in Oklahoma like you know pretty much the whole time I knew him. So for me, like Thor and Asgard settling in Oklahoma, like I don't know why, but it, it almost felt like part of that was was a lot more personally related to me. Like it could have been anywhere. Like I, I remember, I think what in the in the movie verse, it's like what New Mexico is where the hammer falls. Is that right? I think. I yes. Yeah, so I, I remember being slightly disappointed by that because I was like, "Oh man, you know, the hammer fell in, you know, in Oklahoma, you know, or whatever." Like I, I just remember being all kind of like, 
you know, excited about, or at least, you know, being excited about the whole idea that, that this whole thing was set in Oklahoma. I don't know, maybe the hammer fell somewhere else, but whatever. Anyway, um, but, the, you know, just the fact that Asgard was, was there for, you know, a good discernible period of time. And, and I think it kind of, I mean, not, not that I read Thor for years and years and years, but in reading lots of Thor, you know, maybe in later life, you know, like reading a lot of Thor comics all in one shot, you kind of see the cyclical nature of Ragnarok as it is, you know, it's kind of like shit happens, and eventually at some point, you know, I guess kind of like maybe with Hal Jordan or something, like there there seems to be a point of life with the character of Thor where people have lots of high interest in it, and there's lots of epic things you can do with him, you know, whether it's traveling in space and you know, doing all kinds of, you know, cool celestial cosmic type stuff, you know, fighting the Mangog, you know, having a, a whole sort of father-son conflict dynamic, you know, whether it's like, why are, why are you in love with this mortal girl? Like, what the fuck's the matter with you, son? You know, and all this kind of stuff. Um, but eventually, like, certain story runs, like, they eventually get played out. You know, eventually, you know, he either has to marry Jane Foster or you know, say, okay, sorry, Jane Foster, I, I can't, can't hang with you anymore because my dad says no, you know, and, and, and then those kind of storylines peter out and stuff. But um, I think in this case, you know, the setting breathed new life into, uh, you know, I guess, you know, a property that Marvel had pretty much to that point retired. You know, it brought back uh, Donald Blake, who we hadn't seen since, like, the Walt Simonson years, pretty much. I mean, there really was no Donald Blake. Like, if you... You know, I guess if you think of it in terms of people who grew up with, like, say, Spider-Man, and all they knew is that Spider-Man was married to Mary Jane, like, if you took all those readers, the people that started reading when Spider-Man was married to Mary Jane up until now, like, or up until the point where Don Blake returns, they had no idea who the fuck Don Blake was. You know what I mean? Like, like that's how long, you know, his uh, secret identity of Donald Blake was gone for. So, I mean, you know, it did definitely, uh, you know, bring back certain aspects to the Thor mythos and kind of add a new tweak to them. So, I mean, I, I think that was definitely interesting and entertaining. So, I, I'm interested to hear, like, what Mike thought of it. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I Like, the only thing I had ever read of that run so far is that, like, Iron Man issue. And, I mean, that's that's, like, right in the midst of, you know, Dick. Tony, basically. Yeah. Well, it's like it's like and it's like Dick Tony compounded with uh, JMS making him yeah, super J- dick. You know, JMS <laughs> definitely was the absolute worst with making Tony a complete like fascist asshole. So, and and because of that, like I was kind of like, yeah, you deserve that, like fucking shit, man. Like you know, getting your ass like handed to you. So you know, that was kind of a satisfying issue, but um. The rest of it, like, I just read very recently, and uh, I enjoyed it a lot, but, like, I guess, it, it, yeah, like you said, it just kind of peters out at the end, and I guess, like you said before, like, it's because JMS was, like, sick of Marvel, like, trying to get him to do, like, I guess, write in the events and stuff. I guess, like, Siege kind of derailed his whole storyline and stuff. Yeah, it seems, so, it seems like, like Siege was the big linchpin that they were pushing towards, and, and since... Thor and Asgard and, you know, Volstagg and all these characters had so much to do with Siege, it, it must have either detracted from whatever his original intent was or, you know, he, probably also, you know, you given know, what, what we're talking about with, like, the delays in the Thor, Thor comics, it's like, they're like, hey, man, we got this event to bust out. We can't wait for you to come out with, like, issue 14, like, in 2012. Like, we gotta, we gotta sell this shit now, probably, you know, yeah, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, like I, I, like I agree with you. Like the setting was very like nice and like the like the the townspeople and stuff. And I, I liked when all like the Asgardians like started venturing into the town yeah. and stuff. And they like they <laughs> attend the town meeting and they're like you know you get, and like the mayor's kind of like you guys you know we got to go, go up there and like do like a safety check and you know and what about plumbing and they're like we're just kind of like throwing all our shit like over the side pretty <laughs> yeah. much and like the townspeople are like oh so that's what that like smell is coming from like yeah. the south or whatever like the wind blowing it. And Volstagg's awesome. It, I like how he's like what what be this plumbing like what is this stuff. <laughs> 
I like towards the end too, where they're like, you know, the that one guy, the owner of the diner, like he kind of like decides to go like hang with like the immortal chick that like totally digs him, yeah, and you know, and who can blame him? Pretty much, yeah. But, like um, but I like like how like Volstag and like Hogan and Fandral are like, well, 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 since he's like chilling up in Asgard, like let's take care of his like diner and stuff, and you know. And the, like the townspeople are like, yeah, like do that because we we kind of want omelets and stuff. Can you make an omelet? And, <laughs> and Volstagg's like, oh hell yeah, I can make an omelet. <laughs> that that I, one moment I found w- that was really funny that made me laugh was when when um, Donald Blake and Thor like they they finally locate Sif and stuff and they bring her back and uh, like Donald Blake brings her back to the hotel and he's got like you know this like tall like Wonder Woman looking chick with him and like the landlady's like and who is this like lady of the evening or whatever you're bringing back and and like Donald Blake's like it's not like that she just like needs like a place to stay and stuff but I thought that was pretty yeah. funny no I I, I, I like that uh, it, it seems like Bill and Kelda are kind of like you know the the whole heart and soul of that run, you know, I guess those are kind of like his baby characters, you know, because he basically created those characters himself, you know, kind of inserted them into the Thor universe. But those, you know, I mean, I I think it's funny because, uh, you know, I think, you know, sometimes when JMS gets on his soapbox, you know, and says stuff, it's like, okay, well, he got to say it, but JMS takes uh, uh, Donald Blake to Africa and, you know, he's doing, you know, this kind of, uh, you know, doctors without borders thing. And, you know, it, it seems to be a very, you know, humanitarian mission. And he's working with this French doctor and he discovers the Warriors 3. You know, there are all these kind of mercenaries, but they were hired to, you know, protect this, uh, you know, village that is being, you know, constantly assaulted by, you know, more of the warring tribes, you know, tribes that are trying to take over and rape women and children and do all kinds of nasty shit. Um, so I, I think it's interesting that that French doctor, you know, basically is almost like a soapbox for JMS where he says, well, what, what, what can we do? Says Donald Blake. And the doctor's like, well, we must think and we must feel and, you know, we must have courage and maybe even pray for some hope from above. And, you know, whatever he says, you know, something to that effect, you know, it's like feeling and thinking is going to get us out of this jam or whatever. But ultimately what happens is Thor and the warriors three go over there, kick the shit out of the fucking guys. And then Thor fucking uh, basically secures their borders by creating this huge fucking cavern between the, the warring tribe and, and this group, this community that is, you know, plagued with illness and, and is just kind of like your average, you know, uh, you know, I guess, you know, non-aggressive, uh, uh, you know, a group of, of uh, you know, individuals and community and stuff like that. So, you know, ultimately, you know, it's like even though there's some, some preachiness about, you know, I guess the, the one fellow says, you know, well, white hands can't fix this. And, you know, uh, that, uh, you know, the other doctor says they have to think and feel, you know, ultimately, like using superhero logic, you know, Thor goes in there and ultimately has to kick the shit out of all the bad guys. And he does do that, you know, and, and kind of like, uh, you know, Bill is, is probably, you know, the main through line character. Like if he's the, you know, if if uh, Trip is the heart and soul of Enterprise, you know, on the Enterprise TV show, you know, uh, uh, William the Third, you know, Bill, who who is in love with Kelda, the the mortal man, you know, who who fights for his uh, his beautiful goddess, you know, is kind of like the heart and soul of that whole Thor arc. But it's kind of interesting because they have this whole thing about, you know. He, he's in love with her, but he has this line about, uh, you know, my dad used to say that, uh, you know, a bird can love a fish, but where would they build a house together? You know, and then Donald Blake, again, is kind of like JMS's soapbox almost, and he's like, why, they'd build a house right by the river, you know, like, as if that's going to make everything, like, hunky-dory, you know? And uh, and so, you know, of course, he pursues his relationship with Kelda, but, I mean, ultimately, if you look at, you know, what ultimately happens to the poor bastard. It doesn't really work out very well. <laughs> you know, no. so, I don't know. That's just me. You guys have any thoughts on uh, Bill and Kelda? Do you want Kelda to uh, miraculously return from the dead? Anything? I was going to say, like, didn't um, Karen Gillian, like, bring those characters back for one of his arcs? Because it's like... Um, 
I think he took over after Straczynski, right? Oh, I think there was some some people in between. I think like there was like fill in stuff because it was like somebody else, like some dude with like a long uh, sounding D name that I probably couldn't pronounce. Um, I know, like after Straczynski like left the book or whatever. Um, I gave it like four or five more issues, and I immediately quit because it was all siege heavy. And like, yeah. I guess I kind of felt like Straczynski. I was like, "What is this siege stuff? Like interrupting my Thor?" Book? Yeah, so yeah. No, I, no. I I agree. Like with with how you know you were reading a book and it had a, a you know a specific narrative, and then all of a sudden all the siege stuff kind of came, and you know kind of like what Mike says. You know, oh, the crossover messed up my favorite book. Like it definitely eventually suffered that that fate, I suppose. Um, I will say though that it, if you liked Donald Blake, then you should probably not read um, Fractions of Mighty Thor because some very bad things happened to him, like to the Extreme Wars, bad, like Super Bomb bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I, I remember I vaguely remember, remember reading so about that, some of that and being like, 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 what? Like, doesn't like he get decapitated he, or something? Or? I guess like spoilers, but whatever. But um, basically, he's seduced by the Enchantress into like turning against Thor. Like, you know, she seduces him and then she like turns him against Thor, and then she like cuts his head off and like uses the magic within him or something to like storm into like Asgardia or something. I, I can't exactly remember, but, so this, but yeah, basically, this, this is how we line shit up with the movies now. <laughs> now we don't no more Don Blake, and we brought back Odin. Woo, we're all good. Yeah, that sounds pretty awful. But yeah, I mean, I I think I think it's worth reading uh, Straczynski's run, which is probably the the, the, the rarest, rarest uh, time you can get me to promote some some JMS comics. So yeah, I was, that, I was gonna say. As, as at least like he didn't reveal that Thor like secretly gets his power from some like stupid like hammer totem or something like that. <laughs> Dude, he gets his power. Like, did, from did a the hammer weapon. choose you, or did you choose the hammer? <laughs> and let's keep going back in a in a complete circle about that for like three years. <laughs> Thor didn't like go into like a cocoon and then start eating his eyeballs or anything. <laughs> Uh, we can only hope that Morlin will come into Thor's uh, Asgard and start beating the shit out of that for no reason. I've been carrying this hammer all day, and my arms are so Thor. <laughs> so uh, I guess I mean that 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 will probably wrap up our our Thor show. Uh, so we were just kind of talking about Straczynski's, uh, uh Thor run, and then you know a no. little pontification and fun uh, bickering about uh, Superman versus Thor. Um, and then I guess we'll just move on into our regularly scheduled segment, which is our awesome thing of the week. Um, so I guess uh, let's have at it, my friends. Um, by the power of Asgard, what is your awesome thing of the week, Mike? Uh, this week it would have to be uh, Injustice, Gods Among Us, which just came out this week, but by the time this airs, it'll it'll be old. It'll have been out for months. Not uncool. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I really I, I beat the story mode and I played like a couple like versus rounds and I went through the arcade mode once and I really like it. Yeah, like it it it, it feels a little more familiar to me than like DC versus MK did, and like I don't know, it it just feels a lot more intuitive. For a fighting game and stuff, and yeah, yeah, uh, I think you were praising like all the like little like Easter eggs and stuff, yeah, and yeah, all, yeah. The, all the callouts and like I don't, it it seems to have that kind of like fan wank like sort of aura around it that like Marvel versus Capcom three did, so like I don't know, it feels like even if I don't get all the references, like it feels very like inclusive and like you know. You're kind of like, oh, I wonder what that is, and I wonder what that means, and you know. Yeah, it seems to be it seems to be rich and full of uh, cool stuff in the background. And like, and, and like, I feel like even though I'm not a big DC guy, I feel like knowledgeable when like you know I'm playing. I played with my roommate last night, and he's like, "Who's who are those giant people fighting in the background?" And I'm like, "Well, that's Giganta and Atom Smasher." You know, you know, you know like, what? I, I, I was like, I, I didn't want to post it because I know it's a new game on the board, but like my favorite thing is, you, you know how like you can. Uh, uh, you know, 
pick up cars or run people over with motorcycles and stuff like that. In yeah. that Hall of Justice level, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I was like, holy shit, that's awesome! Is I was fighting, and I think I was fighting like Wonder Woman or something, and you, you kick her into uh, one of the, I guess it's one of the robots or something like that, and then it just tosses her all the way into the Giganta Atom Smasher fight, and Giganta picks her up and, like, squeezes her, and they beat, they just pummel the hell out of her and then throw her back out of the fight, back into the... Yeah, you know, we saw that I last night. Like, I was like, whoa, I didn't know you could do I that. Was like, that's like, fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I love like have you like in like Arkham Asylum where you kick him into like Scarecrow's room and he like jabs you with the needles. Oh no, I haven't. I haven't seen that. Well, one. you you can like kick them into like Scarecrow's like padded room and he jabs you with like the fair needles and you go into that like uh, Scarecrow stage from like Arkham oh, Asylum. Okay. Like he like the giant Scarecrow yeah, like yeah. smashes you and then like throws you back out. That's sweet. Or there's another stage too where you like you go through a boom tube and you end up in like Dark Side's like throne room and he like Omega affects you away and stuff. Oh, that's pretty cool. Is that maybe that's like the satellite or something? I'm trying to. I I think so. Something like yeah, that. But I don't know. I I really love all the interaction with the stages. Yeah, yeah, that is cool. Like I haven't seen half that stuff yet because I I I played the story mode like yourself and then I've played a couple. of the battle levels, you know, to, like, just uh, yeah. unlock endings and stuff. Well, it was funny. Like, we were looking through all the stages, like, the arcade mode stages last night, and I was like, man, like, half these are, like, Batman-inspired. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, Gotham City, Wayne Manor, Arkham City, uh, or Arkham Asylum, Joker Asylum. <laughs> like, you know, I'm like, well, okay, Joker Gotham City, like, Joker Wayne Manor, and, like, like, it's like, like I was like, it's like uh, Harley Quinn's boudoir, you know, all <laughs> yeah. kinds of stuff. No, no, yeah. yeah, but in, in whatever case, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a really fun game, and you know, probably we'll probably discuss, discuss it, more. it more. We'll probably do like a sidecast. Yeah, on. yeah, but probably by the time you hear this, the, the, you'll probably have already seen the sidecast. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it was pretty cool. Like I, th- that would probably be my awesome thing for the week, if uh, not for the fact that there was an awesomely mind-splitting episode of Ultimate Spider-Man this week where apparently the Daily Bugle was building a satellite on the moon. Yeah! (laughs) No, I I don't know. uh, Yeah, exactly. That was my reaction as well, Justin. Like, to to explain how Man-Wolf comes to be, apparently John Jameson was out in outer space on the moon uh, and becomes the mammal. But what they were doing there was the DV, the Daily Bugle, was building a communication satellite on the fucking moon. Who the fuck the communication satellite is for, what it's doing there, I have no clue. It was, it a, was big, a big plot, plot contrivance. Plot. But, of course, of course, that show sucks, and, and I just I, wanted to ditch about it for two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was kind of like, I saw that show on the DVR, but I was like, Animal. I was like, oh, there's no way this can be good. So I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. Especially the fact that, like, I, I kind of despise the premise. Like, I'm kind of like, wait, they're building a communication satellite for who? For the Daily Bugle? Like, what the fuck does a newspaper need with a communication satellite on the moon? But yeah. <laughs> did you see the Carnage episode? Yes, yes I did. That was fucking terrible too. Yeah, so anyway, well, my 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 roommate just not, I guess we're going off on a tangent here, yeah. but like my roommate loves like Carnage, so he was like, "All right, Carnage, like finally," <laughs> and like he watched that and he was like, "What the fuck was that?" Like, <laughs> That's awesome. No, um, I, I'll just echo Mike's uh, sentiment. Like I did get injustice. I was I was happy to be part of the hype. Um, it, it's fun to play. Uh, and. Uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely you know recommend it, especially if you're into uh, you know DC, maybe even the animated Timverse, you know all that kind of stuff. It's it's fun if you like Batman, you know all those kind of things. Um, what about you, Justin? Do you have uh, some awesome things this week for us? Um, I just want to say, Injustice is probably lame if you're a Captain Marvel fan. <laughs> <laughs> just from what it you guys probably, have told me, it probably is. It probably is. Well, you Justin. know what though? It's not Captain Marvel. It's, yeah, it's Shazam. Lammy. Shazam. It's there is no character named Captain, Captain Marvel, Marvel oh, in, in, okay. that, in that book. 
It's just that, it's just Shizzy Zazam or whatever his name that, is. So. That eases the pain a little bit, I, I guess. <laughs> but, um, whatever. Uh, um, my awesome thing is um, comes courtesy of fellow fan hole Brian. Um, a few months ago, he introduced me to uh, a band called Sparks, and I've been listening to several of their albums like the past couple months. And um, the one I love the most is called uh, Kimono My House. Um, like I've like exposed like other friends of mine who are like big music nerds to the Sparks, and it's like no one really can kind of like hammer down like their style it's like they have this like weirdly like unique style to them like my buddy said like he has like an old copy of like the rolling stone encyclopedia bands and like their entry says it's like they have like an undescribable like unique sound it's like i don't even know like how i would describe them they're this weird mesh of like maybe cure or cheap trick mixed with like the strokes or something like that it's just like you you know if you're a music geek like if if you're a music geek, just like go, you know, look up look up this album Sparks Kimono My House. Like look it up on YouTube and like listen to it, and you know, send me an email through Fanholes and tell me what you think they sound like because they're just so weird and bizarre. It's like even the vocals. It's like it's it's two guys, but it's like they sound so high pitched on some of their songs. They sound like I don't know. They they kind of remind me of like the lead singer of like. Rush or Heart or something. It's like they almost sound like women, but but that, that's my awesome thing is uh, the Sparks album came out on my house. Cool, cool, very cool. Well, uh, thanks, thanks everybody, everybody for listening to the show tonight. Mike, um, uh, just said, if you have any comments or questions, or uh, if you want to tell us what the eclectic stylings of the band Sparks sounds like, you can email us at fanholespodcast at gmail dot com. Um, just a quick shout out to uh, you know our regular uh, people that uh, like and support us, support us, send us emails every once in a while. Uh, thanks to Tom Spielman. Uh, thanks to uh, uh, Jan and Boove. Like you guys are always there, liking our posts and uh, giving us some feedback. So it's always good to hear from you guys. So we appreciate that. And, and um, I guess just uh, tune, uh, in tune in next, next week. week. For uh, another, another exciting podcast, sidecast, blog, or what have you. So this has been Derek, Derek WC, uh, signing off. Light Thunderwing, Justin Grimlock. And there will be no peace as long as Superman and Thor fight. Just wait till we talk Superman versus Goku. Whatever. That, that's been done. I mean, fucking Goku lost like a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Goku. I think Goku needs uh, Luffy to help him win fights. That's what I heard. <laughs>